Welcome to the Divorce TV show live stream. And my special guest today is Sarah C. Langford. Sarah is a healer. Uh, she uses many different modalities and they're really, really, some really interesting ones, some that I've never even heard of before. So we're going to be deep diving into those, but also finding out specifically uh, how she's able to work with people who are dealing with divorce. So obviously Sarah covers many, many uh, different areas of, of health and wellness, as you'll soon find out. So welcome, Sarah. So your first time on the show. How are you feeling? Uh, delighted to be here. Thank you, Susie. And I'm I'm really delighted that you've joined us as our, our team at The Best Way to Divorce, um, because I need people like you to refer people to because as we all know, divorce can be very, very stressful and sometimes just talking to a counsellor is not enough, which uh, is probably a good place to start. So the work that you do, um, it is, it's, it's more than just mental health and, and well-being, isn't it? You've got some really good, oh, there's a dog in the background. You've got some really good, that's all right, we have, we've had cats go by, we've had all kinds of things. Um, so it, it would be really good to just have a little overview of the different areas you cover before I sort of find out a little bit more about you and, um, and share your, you've got quite an amazing story, I think, that I'd love to share with you, you to share with people. Okay. Thank you. Well, yeah, so what I what I like to do, what I aim to do is really help people clear old patterns of behaviours, old trauma, old pain and old beliefs which are no longer serving and really help my clients to move forward in an empowered way to help them find a really better way of navigating the ups and downs of life because somehow life isn't very often straightforward, is it? No. <laughs> As anyone getting divorced will, will be able to tell you. Um, so you've got different modalities, haven't you? Could you just give us, uh, if you were sort of breaking them down into three sections, what would you yeah, say sure. they are? Okay, well, the first one is called the BLAST technique. And this is just an awesome modality. And when I heard about it and I received a session, I just thought, my jaw dropped, and I thought, I have to have this to help my clients. And um, if anybody has done any work around trauma, you may have come across the EMDR system, which up until recently was really considered to be uh, the bee's knees for the best way of helping trauma, clear trauma of all grades, you know, higher Is and lower. Is that the like uh, eye flicky thing that they've used very successfully with uh, PTSD, even with you know, soldiers? That's it. That's it. You've got it. Yes, it's it's eye movement, um, and you track your eyes left to right. Um, so the blast technique's been created by a man called Nick Davis, who began to really look into it because he had a lot of trauma growing up, and he has really it's really built on the shoulders of emdr so he's taken emdr and really developed it so that it's even quicker easier clearer cleaner and um the results i believe are, are better in general fantastic so that's so yeah. uh, uh, we're going to find a bit more about how who you use that on and, and why later on and what else do you do um Something else which I absolutely love is called the Sistership Circle. 
And this is an opportunity for women to come together in sacred circle in a place of safety, non-judgment and support, actually as women know how to do and as women have done through the eons, we support each other, we connect with each other in a different way that men do. Um, but sadly, in our modern society, this has rather fallen by the wayside. And even really since lockdown, women are not going out with their girlfriends anywhere near as much as they used to, I believe. So the Sistership Circle is a, is a place where we come together in, in sacred circle. We talk around issues. I will come with um, a really meaty, juicy question for self-reflection. Then, then everybody gets an opportunity to speak and it really, we dive deep into our inner being while we do this. And then you have a little while to speak what's coming up for you. And nobody, there are some really cool rules. Nobody's allowed to comment. Nobody's allowed to fix you. Nobody's allowed to jump in and try and coach you. All we do is witness each other from a place of open-hearted sistership and love and really the healing that you get when you do that has to be experienced to be understood i can imagine that must be absolutely mm. wonderful <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, yeah and and uh, and obviously that's for women but your other healing work presumably you also help any, anyone in need um and beyond the blast yeah beyond the blast technique what uh have you got anything else in your toolbox <laughs> yes i do then really the third aspect of what i do is um it's a little bit of an umbrella term but it i call it my energy healing work um, and i have a number of really cool modalities that i've learned or created and developed which i use to help people um and always with permission, I connect with your energy field. And then I really get to see a whole other picture of what's going on in terms of um, behaviors, habits. And at this point, this is where I really connect with my higher self, source, universe, however you'd like to call your point of power. Um, and, and, and I get a lot of insights with that as well. Uh, but yeah, there are some other lovely uh, modalities that come in, under that umbrella, which I can share with you. Thank you. And, and because there will be, I, know, I think a lot of people who, who watch my show are used to, uh, people are much wiser now. They do realise uh, what um, uh, Gabor Mate was saying. I'm listening to him last night on on youtube and he was saying how ridiculous it is that the established medical view is to separate mind from body and and that so much illness is rooted in all kinds of tra childhood trauma which doesn't mean everyone's been horribly abused but there are lots of types of trauma and he started to go through what probably was that happened to most people at some point and and it, i so i i, I get the feeling that that links very much with what you're saying and I think people are becoming wiser about understanding this even if their doctor might not might be a bit behind yeah. the times on it um yeah but nonetheless uh there's a still a lot of suspicion you know what 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 qualifications do you have what training do you have and all of that sort of stuff so I'd love to know more uh, not so much as to justify in any way you you, you clearly you know what you're doing uh, you've been doing this for some time but what was your journey of learning? Because you've uh, 
you have got quite a big toolbox, haven't you? You've you've been learning many many skills and modalities. I do, I do, and my journey started many years ago. I guess the earliest part of my journey would be, um, you know, I grew up in a very normal, happy family, uh, and I used to think, well, I know life can be really good, but I don't have any big trauma in my background. Why am I feeling so miserable and so unhappy and so stressed all of the time? But this really led me down a route into self-help and uh, you know reading and learning about different things and the the other aspect to that then was I also had this deep inner desire to connect with my inner being on a more of a spiritual level so there was these two parts to that which took me back right really to my teenage years of wanting to work out for myself how can I feel happier how can I feel better connected but that took me on a bit of a winding route and I I came and went with, you know, I, I had a teaching career um, and I wasn't doing a lot of healing work with other people, but I was working increasingly with friends and family and some clients along the way. But then, um, so my story really kicks off in 2012, I had my first breast cancer diagnosis. Uh, and at the time, even though I really, really, my intuition was, ah, you know, don't go down the route of standard Western medicine, because by that time I was eating well and I was doing a lot of meditation and all of these things. But, you know, the fear got me and it is terrifying. And then you get into the machinery of the like the medical establishment and it goes and you're from one to the next and all of a sudden. Um, you know, you've you've made a decision. And so I went with the flow and I did all of the traditional things. So I had surgery, chemotherapy, radiation therapy, and so on. And I was promised that this would clear the cancer and it wouldn't come back. But lo and behold, four years later, right at the end of 2016, it came back the exact same cancer in the exact same place on my breast. So at that point it was also a much it was quite an advanced stage and much more aggressive than the first time around so they'd actually made it worse i mean and i should just say here we're not we're not criticizing of course established medical practice but but there are choices that people can make and i'm and it was very it was deeply unfair of them to to make claims that they could cure you because they 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 can can have they could show you some good data and let you make up your mind, but to tell you it's going to make you better as a was was yeah. a bit of a disservice. It was indeed, um, and in fairness, I wasn't in this country at the time, so maybe it wouldn't have been promised or spoken like okay. that if I was in so the it, UK. It wasn't the NHS then. It wasn't the NHS. I love the <laughs> NHS. Bless the NHS. Um, yeah. So. So then, the you know, the other thing they don't tell you is if you have chemotherapy and the cancer comes back, it comes back much more aggressively. So, you know, that little gem of information passed me by as well. Um, so again, I kind of got the fear. And the thing is, we're so deeply programmed. What we have to understand that our brains are deeply programmable. And it's absolutely terrifying when you're sitting in, some, in front of someone who 
they're clever, they're a doctor, they have the weight of science behind them, they have the medical establishment behind them, and they're telling you, you must do this or you're going to die. You know, we kind of withdraw into our inner child and go, oh, okay, if that's what you say, you know, be you're, you're the boss, you know. Um, so I, I went ahead and I had a mastectomy. And then at that point, when they said to me how much chemotherapy I needed and what strength, I thought it's like, whoa, wait a minute there. No, 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 no. That's enough to kill me. <laughs> if it didn't work before, why would it work now? And with the full support of my family, at that point, I actually walked away from any further traditional Western medicine, much to the horror of my oncologist who said I would be dead within a fairly short number of years, probably three or four years, five at the most. Um, and they were hoping even with the chemotherapy to get me to between five and 10 years. So anyway, it was terrifying. But at that point, I really broke my programming, Susie. That's the best way I can explain it. And it was like something cracked inside of me. It was the most terrifying thing I'd ever done. But it's worked and we're seven years on now and I've never been happier and healthier. But at that point, really, that really gave me a big kick up the backside to move into, okay, I have to walk the talk if I'm going to be well. I really have to review my life. I have to look at everything in my life that's not working. I have to really properly dig deep, make the changes I need to make physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And that's exactly what I did. But it took that took me a number of years, actually, to get to that point. But here I am. So it's a very holistic approach. But fundamentally, uh, you walked you'd had the mastectomy and obviously your body's healing from all of that physical trauma um you're not having invasive chemicals pumped into you um but so what did you do okay so one let me just i'd just like to clear this up because i'm i do say to people i healed my cancer naturally and then often people say well if you've had a mastectomy they've taken away the cancer there's nothing to heal what, the, what happens is if you have a cancer tumour removed, it doesn't stop the cancer growing. It just removes the tumour. Um, and it, within their surgery, the cancer cells spread around the body further. So mm. what I did was um, radical detoxification, completely detoxed. I did um, heavy metal detoxes. I did enemas, I did parasite cleanses, I did liver cleanses, Um, I went vegan, which I still am, but it's not something that I would particularly, you know, I'm not uh, saying you must go vegan or or you won't be healthy. (laughs) For me, that was the right choice to do. Um, And and, a, and a really a whole host of things like that. And at the time, I was drinking at least a litre of freshly juiced juice, including carrot juice, and my skin went orange. It looked like <laughs> I, you know, a bit like Donald Trump with the orange skin. Um, but it, that, that, so that was one part. Then I had lots and lots of very particular natural supplements, you know, mushrooms and all sorts of herbs and a lot of acupuncture, 
lot of Chinese medicine I was in China at the time. So those were the sort of the physical aspects. And then on the, then I really dove deep, deep, big time into my energy healing, but also healing childhood conditioning, doing things that didn't make me happy that I didn't like that I just did. You know, this is where the, um, the journey into the unconscious becomes so powerful because as a, as an adult, you might go, yeah, well, I really want to be well. But underneath, you've got a whole load of other unconscious beliefs, like I'm not good enough to be alive, I'm being punished, um, I can never get what I want. And actually I did sit down at one point and I had, cause I was, I was very unhappy at the time, had a very tricky marriage, lots of stuff going on in my life. Uh, and I actually sat down and I said to myself, okay, do I want to live? Because for many years I'd had the, I wasn't suicidal, but I think a lot of us actually, if we're honest about it, we have periods in our lives where we go, do you know what? I just wish I could slip away. And I really had to honestly look in the mirror and say, this is an opportunity. This is a door opening moment for me. I could allow myself to die. And it was very tempting, let me tell you. It was really tempting. But the thing that really brought me back from that was my children. And even though they were quite grown up at the time, in that they were teenagers, late Easter years, teenagers, just thought, I can't do that to them. I don't want to do that to them. And that just gave me the strength to really fight yeah. for my integrity, my honesty, my alignment, you know, moving from pain to peace, moving from lack of a personal power to deep personal sovereignty. Um, and I really honor anybody who steps into that journey because it's very scary yeah. looking into our shadow is not as easy as you might think well, we've spent our entire lives submerging it so deeply that we don't even know it's there and uh okay. and i'm interested in what you were just saying that there because uh and it's purely by coincidence i was listening to him last night but um gabo mate said one of the first things we have to learn uh, and children start practicing this very early and then we kind of knock it out of them is no <laughs> just to go no. no not not no just to be difficult and to test boundaries but no that's not what i want yeah. and and he pointed out in how many win women more women have autoimmune disorders and um, particularly in america yes. and how particularly women of color you know the more um put upon less you know the, the, the more difficult it is for them to say no that there is a correlation between their the you know, awful health issues that they end up with i agree entirely and it's also so interesting because um you know i was brought up to be a good girl and i'm a i'm a recovering people pleaser <laughs> and part of that and and i'm sure many women listening will really identify with this is you're not allowed to be angry and yet anger is so healthy because it sets our boundaries. And every time we get angry, it's often because our boundaries have been invaded. And so it's a double whammy when we're not allowed to say no and neither are we allowed to be angry about it. 
to massive repression. <laughs> and yeah. it's gonna and it's gonna yeah. do so it's not gonna sit there quietly in the corner of your body not doing any harm. So it's um no but incredibly valuable and, and this is why uh, although I often um wonder if it is the right thing to say to someone who's in the middle of a, a difficult divorce. Uh, I often say that you this will bring up all kinds of shit from the past and trauma. But actually, this is a good thing. This is a real opportunity to really deal with these things and clean it out, which you probably would never have done otherwise. You would have gone through life just sort of hanging on to all this stuff. And now, um, you know, I know in my own situation, it was just so awful <laughs> that I yes. just, I had the opportunity to... Um, yeah, to explore other paths that I would never have even thought about trying before, um, and and yeah, and, and learn as you say, it's that combination of the the well being, the nutrition, the psychological side. But there is a and there is a spiritual angle to me. That is things like learning about forgiveness and what forgiveness really is, and kind of deep deep stuff. Which, as you pointed out earlier, yeah, these are, this is not five minute. Yeah, online lesson no. <laughs> then you've got no. it it's a life journey but it's it, it kind of makes all the horrible things worthwhile you see I agree entirely Susie and the other thing that I think gave me enormous strength and power at the time was I knew that to really heal myself I needed to be able to look back in the past like and go you know, it was the worst experience, but it was also the best experience and I wouldn't have had it any other way. Yeah. And that's exactly where I'm at now. And that is exactly where I would encourage anybody listening who's going through challenging times. When you're feeling like you're, you're carrying this heavy pack of pain and shame and hurt and... Um, confusion you know every time something really difficult happens and we don't deal with it it's like putting another boulder in this backpack and we have to learn to really take the rocks out of our backpack one by one by one like one session at a time one emotion at a time one trauma release at a time and after a few days weeks months years of doing this you can look back and you go wow I'm in such a good place now because that horrible, difficult, traumatic experience forced me to deal with all my shit. <laughs> and now look at me, you know, way, I'm, hey. I'm so strong, <laughs> I found my power, I'm at peace with being angry, I know how to release stuff. And we, we never know how strong we are until we're tested. Yeah. And then it is, it is the greatest liberation of all to be able to go, you know, that that was a horrible experience, but I'm so glad it happened. Because um, yeah. actually, it means you're you're no longer a victim. You are you are now very you you're able to appreciate your destiny and now have some yeah. guidance over it. Um, do this is a point where it's probably a good idea to address how mm -hmm. what you've just been saying um, it relates to conventional. Um, if there is such a thing anymore as sort of psychotherapy or counselling, because there's so many different types and 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 they oh, all wow. have their wonderful advantages. So, what what is it that about the different modalities that you explored that brought you more than you could have got just from talking to a counsellor? Okay, yeah. So I agree with you, Susie. First of all, I'm not undermining the amazing work that 
talk therapy is, that counsellors and therapists and psychotherapists do, and I'm not a trained counsellor, so, you know, I completely respect their modalities. But for me, right, I think the issue can be often, and if you've, if you've had a lot of counselling, you may, again, identify with this, you go and you talk to your therapist for an hour, at the end of which all of this emotion and this pain is coming up and you've expressed, you're expressing it or you're talking about it. And then, and then you go away and you go, well, I've talked about it, but I've still got, it's like I've still got the rocks in my backpack. Yeah. I haven't done anything with them. You've still wiggled them around, brought them out, had a look at them and stuck them back again. And stuck yeah. them back in again, exactly. <laughs> Polished them up a bit. Mm. Um, sometimes also by having a lot of therapy we actually intensify and deepen the story the trauma and we ident- we just end up identifying it with it on a on a deeper and deeper level so what my aim to is and with the therapies and the techniques that i use is like we bring them up to the surface we acknowledge them we can honor them if that's what we choose to do and then we can clear them uh, and there are different ways of doing this. So, for example, could, shall I talk about a couple of ways of doing this? Yes, no, I think that would be a great, a great okay. time to do that. <laughs> so, right, the BLAST technique um, is just jaw-droppingly good at this. If you have a trauma, and it can be right from PTSD, which I won't, I don't diagnose that, um, down to sort of, if you've got the scale of like zero is nothing, 10 is as bad as it could be anything over and above about four we can really clear and we use that using some very simple eye movement from left to right and sometimes I do other other things as well depending so what happens and neuroscience has shown this when we experience a difficult event and I'm a little bit careful when I use trauma because trauma can most people think a trauma is something really extreme and severe but actually it's any event that's really tricky for you okay and what's traumatic for one person might not be traumatic for another it's how we deal with it it's your as your perception of it isn't it so it is yeah so it but, is. And, and I think it's worth it elucidating is. on that um again this was a, something that was talked about last night the if you have two people in a car accident, they have the same car accident, and one has is fine, and the other one has these terrible back pains, and the and the insurance company, well, hang on a minute, why why is this? But yeah. then, if the person with the back pain had um, a situation where they were had trauma early on, where they were out of control and and they were harmed and they didn't know what was happening, when you're in a car which is rear-ended that's that is a triggering experience and it triggers that trauma and they don't know that this is what's happening but their body their whole body goes stiff so the the way they react to the bang is different Mm. from the person who's just nonchalantly sitting there oblivious and doesn't and just thinks oh what's going on and they're they're, so even from a physical point of view it has a has a difference but it just seems like there's all these different sort of layers aren't there which i just think is really important i just think it's so important for people to just not think oh this happened, you had this trauma, either you have it or you don't. It's, it's, we've all got elements of these things weaved in and out and they'll pop up at different times. But so, so on that basis, mm. the diagnose, you said you wouldn't diagnose PTSD. 
before you no. work with, as part of the BLAST technique, do you help people see that maybe they do have some traumas that are there waiting to trigger and be a nuisance at some point in their lives? Yes, absolutely. So what, what we do to begin with, I'll ask you to write a chronology of difficult events throughout your life. And that could be, for example, as a child, you fell off your bike and broke your arm. And you might think, oh, that's not a trauma. But actually, it was deeply traumatic and challenging for you at the time. And although you've pushed it away and buried it and, you know, logically as an adult, you can explain it away. It still has these triggers for you. Um, so with the, with the neuroscience, what happens is normally when there's an, an event occurs, we're able to process it and the event moves from the right hemisphere of the brain across to the left where it's, it's filed away, nice neat files. But if it's particularly traumatic or difficult or you just haven't been able to process it for whatever reason, it stays in the right-hand side of the brain going around and around and around. And this is where it's really hard to get over something. So, for example, you might walk along a street and smell a smell and go, oh, I just feel really anxious, but I don't even know why. But it's a smell associated with something that happened in an event that you've not filed away properly. Or particular... Uh, a particular person says something to you and you uh, you you might completely overreact you go god what was that all about i'm just really upset so the 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 amazing way that blast works is by using these very simple eye movements it allows these unprocessed memories emotions which create emotions create the emotions create feelings in the body it allows them to move across to the left of the brain where they can be processed and tidied away and cleared up and it just becomes an event from the past. That sounds, that sounds almost too good to be true. Can you give me some examples? <laughs> Can you give me some examples? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so I was working with um, an older a chap, I think he must be, I mean, not old, old, 60s, maybe 70s. And he wanted to deal with something that could had been triggering him since he was a young man. Um, uh, and we just dealt with it really quickly. He knew exactly what it was. It was fairly well contained. We talked about it. We did the eye movement and he just went, it just, it's just really remarkable I can think of it, this event, but it feels like it almost happened to somebody else. I can be really matter of fact about it. Or I was working with a woman the other day who had some abuse in her childhood and there was this one particular event. Um, so we, we, you know, you say, what is it on a scale of zero to 10? And then we talk about it a little bit the good thing about blast is you don't have to really revisit the event i know some trauma clearing techniques that you really have to really reconnect with it so we talked about it and we went through the process and at the end of it she said god it's amazing i can picture the 
the event, I can remember it, but it feels like it's in black and white and I can just kind of go, it happened. It's like, that's how that's how good it is. Mm. And do, do, <laughs> is this something that, that perhaps in the past hip, hypnotherapy would have been used to to tackle mm. an NLP? Um, what What is it for you that makes BLAST so powerful? It's its simplicity. The best things are always so simple, aren't they? Um, and it's it's it, you don't need a lot of sessions. One trauma, one session. <laughs> it's like Whoa, that. Wow, that's so, really know. good. So you don't yeah. need years and years of, of counselling no, at the expense. No, of, yeah, you it, don't need a lot. Uh, you don't have to lie down. You don't have to go into an altered state. You don't have to reaccess your emotions uh, in fact you can even do it what we call content free so for example um well, i'll use an extreme case if if somebody had a really particularly unpleasant rape and they just can't talk about it it's like i don't even want to say the words i don't want to tell you we can do it completely event um content free or if it's something that you want to clear but for some reason you don't want to tell anybody for example I, I you know soldiers coming back with ptsd they don't necessarily want to say what they've done or what they've seen so you know there's never any judgment coming from me with any of the work i do it's just absolute honor that people trust me and they're looking to for help we could go right okay this event you know tell me some of the words that explain your emotion and that's all we need Brilliant. you don't have no. to go re-groove those memories which is so no. painful no, um exactly. that's very very healthy and who, who where did it come from this whole blast I mean, you mentioned there's a chap um, yes who, who took called, the existing uh assisting system yes yeah so he's called nick davis and he's had he actually is all he's a well-known hypnotherapist and he's a world-renowned body um i've forgotten the word now when, when you can read other people's body language oh, body language yes. body, body language expert and and he's often asked for example i think he was asked to comment on the body language between harry and megan and uh, oh, he said yeah. as an aside i'm never going to do that again because <laughs> i got an awful lot of flack mm. uh, and he's but but he's been he's done over 300 interviews and articles in a lot of the mainstream media and papers and things yeah so yes yeah, good stuff and so you've got this fantastic um healing modality why would you use your other uh the other ones you've got tell us a little bit about those because and some of the different trainings that you've done okay so um let me tell you about the body and the emotion code I, I really like the body and the emotion code. It's been developed by a chiropractor called Dr. Bradley Nelson. And uh, you, you have a little app and this is where it gets a little bit, if you're not used to doing energy work, you have to, I say to my clients, just suspend your disbelief. Okay, just suspend your disbelief and go with the flow. But it's becoming more and more 
accessible to everybody because now we're beginning to understand the quantum field a lot more and that there's this interconnected web of light and actually you can connect with people around the planet instantaneously. So I don't actually have to be in the same room. I can work with people via Zoom for the blast technique and all of my uh, healing work as well. Um, so let me let me do a little bit. Let's look at the emotion code. So the emotion code, what happens is when we don't express an emotion, as we're taught not to, the energy of that emotion has to go somewhere. You know, toddlers are great. They feel an emotion. They express it. It's out there. It looks like it's the end of their little world one minute and the next minute they're running around happily again. That's because they've expressed the emotion and they can move on. We don't. We we hold it down and, and the energy ends up becoming trapped. It sits in the body. So it's like it turns into a little ball of energy and then it sits somewhere in the body. And as it does that, it brings imbalance into the physical body. And the body is always trying to be healthy and well. Our bodies have immense wisdom. Um, and again, with modern Western medicine, we're rather taught that our bodies are our enemy and our bodies don't know what they're doing and it needs intervention. And, you know, sometimes the intervention is is absolutely needed uh, and it's life saving. But for the more subtle things like fibromyalgia or um, exhaustion or, you know, these kind of things that modern medicine can't really get to grips with. And it's because of all of this the subtle stuff that's going on in our emotional bodies, our energy bodies that influence and affect the physical body. So with the emotion code, we really quickly are able to find your trapped emotions and release them. Ta -da! Get to be a toddler. <laughs> yes, you get to be a toddler. <laughs> but you don't, again, you don't have to express the emotions. We just clear the energy of it really yeah. quickly. Um, so, for example, I worked with a man once who had a bad ankle. He said, oh, it's an old injury from when I played football, but it's always playing me up. And um, I tuned in and we did the we did the emotion code and I ended up clearing 22 trapped emotions, which had all settled in his ankle because often the these emotional energies will go to a weakened part of the body anyway. Mm -hmm. And after that, he was able to, you know, it healed, he could walk again, he was able to run again, do all of those things because of all these old emotions were trapped, had been trapped. Um, or something else that might happen if you've got a particular trapped emotion or set of trapped emotions. Again, it's a little bit like trauma release. You can be triggered by something and you have a response which is a little bit unexpected or it's a bit over the top and in your adult kind of logical mind you can go blimey why did that make me feel like so so strongly and it's probably because you've got trapped a trapped emotion so you might get extremely upset but you've got trapped sadness or you've got trapped um unreceived love or you know there are 60 there's a list of 60 emotions that we work our way through really really quickly um to find them and the other fascinating thing is 
we can inherit emotions from wow. up to seven generations in the past. Wow. Yeah, which is really and really incredible. When I worked it out, I think it's I think and I'm sure someone will correct my maths if it's wrong. I think that's 152 ancestors whose and it, emotions you could have. There's, there's so many sort of cultures who would be, yeah, of course, <laughs> they would know yeah. that. But ours would be like, what? Um, but yeah. at the same time, I'm, I know, you know homeopaths have uh, worked, had doing wonderful work who they they work on often. I think many, many people yeah. work on that modality of going back to previous generations. It's, yeah. it's in our DNA. It's in our it's in our bodies it it's it's yes. a physical thing it's not just a you know it's not it's not strange so i think um and for anyone who's listening to this and they're they're getting a kind of woo woo overload i would just say <laughs> you know uh yeah we've all been there but then <laughs> you know why wait till you're in a total state of trauma or the doctors are telling you're going to die or why why wait till then to explore yeah. these things um exactly. and and i'm always encouraging um, women and men who are dealing with family change because it's massively stressful even when they even if it hasn't all gone to pieces it's just so difficult and the children involved that they really really should you know take take time to spend on themselves and their healing and and use this opportunity because it will you know will catch up with them we all know people who've had a difficult divorce and then they've got ill and you know it's not a coincidence Actually, no mm. no it's not and it's a really big challenge when we're not we don't care about ourselves enough or care for ourselves enough and it's really interesting Susie I would say 95% of the clients who come to me don't love themselves and again it's this logic of yeah of course I love myself but when I do when when I dig deep and I do the testing and uh, get guidance it often comes up like I'm, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, or I'm too much, or um, I'm unlovable, or I don't love myself, or all of these things that we bring with us. Because we've been and told we... them. <laughs> yes. And our mothers have been told them, and our grandmothers, and our fathers, and it's just, uh, uh, but how wonderful that there's an opportunity to break the line. Because I think, Absolutely. and I, and, I, and you were saying earlier that you know your your children really saved you. I think children often are the mm. saviors of of us all, and in many ways. And when we are considering doing this kind of work with ourselves, it's not just so we feel better; it's so that we break you break the line of of these traumas. The so our children, Absolutely. you know, they come through the divorce knowing both the parents love them. The fact that you might live in different houses really is not the end of the world for them. Um, mm. They've both, as long as you can make sure they feel loved. But how can you do that if you don't love yourselves and if you're not looking after yourselves? And so it all, yes. it all comes back to, you know, ultimately we must look after ourselves because that's our duty for the children. I absolutely agree, and we have all kinds of sneaky little ways to self-punish as well that we that sneak under the radar. And I'll give you an example that I noticed in myself just the other day. I was really, really thirsty, okay? I drink a lot of water. I drink fresh spring water. I go and collect it from the well. Water is so key to, to for me as part of my healthcare, my self-nurturing routine. And I didn't get up from my desk and go and get a glass of water 
Instead, I went and had a cup of tea and I know damn well that tea dehydrates you. Mm -hmm. And it was this sort of, oh, I can't be bothered. Or I was really craving an orange. I went, no, I can't be bothered with an orange. <laughs> and I thought at the end of that, I thought, Sarah, what are you doing? This is self-sabotage. This is not nurturing yourself. This is denying your body what it needs because I was taught to deny what I needed you know it's my programming it's my childhood conditioning it's how I survived in the world so what and you it, can do they is just come in sneaky yeah. little so it's not that you're going to wipe it all the way like a clean slate but you're going to be aware obviously some things you can uh, from the stories you've told yeah. clearly can get rid of but we'll always need to be on our own guard about, against ourselves because we are our own worst enemies. And then, so when you spot that, do you just laugh at yourself and go, actually, I think maybe I will just have a glass of water? Or do you do any particular processes? Can you, uh, do, do you train your clients to be able to um, do some of their own healing as they go forwards? Yeah, that's great. And I am all for giving people tools, really, really helpful tools. Um, I teach quite a lot of mindfulness. I'm, I'm trained in mindfulness. I've taught adults and children of all ages. Uh, so mindfulness is a beautiful way of becoming self-aware. And I really, I always say to my clients, once you become aware of the patterns, aware of your beliefs or your thought processes, or even aware that you need to change or that you're aware that you want to change, you're halfway there. It's the awareness is absolutely key. Then the next step is saying, right, okay, what am I gonna do about that? So yes, I often sit and I'll do a quick belief change or I'll do a bit of muscle testing, which we haven't gone into, but I'll test myself for a belief. And I might think, oh, I thought I dealt with that, but it's come back because I've obviously got a little bit more digging to do, a little bit deeper to go. It's like peeling back the airs, the layers of an onion. Um, but it's really, really worth it. You know, this is a lifelong journey. Our healing and our health and our finding our power, finding our joy is absolutely a lifelong journey. And there's always more to do and there's always more to learn. But it's really worth it. Uh, and it's like if you if you want to have a fit, healthy, toned ripped body you don't just go once to the gym you know <laughs> we all know it takes more than one visit to the gym to to have to to have a that kind of physique that uh you might get or that you're after when you go to the gym it's the same when you're doing the inner work you need to have a number of sessions you need to keep working at it you need to keep on top of it and and because it's so easy also to slip back into old ways and old habits. So would, would but, you say one journey that would be good for um, both men and women is to, if they had a session with you with the, the blast, to uncover, have, you know, it's good to have a clear out, clear out the attic, yeah. make sure yeah. there's nothing lurking there, sort it out. That might only take one or two sessions. And then yeah. having got rid of those great big heavy things, there will be all those little beliefs that are sitting there which yeah. we kind of you, know, you need as you say half the journey is just knowing that it's there and spotting yes. that you're oh, I'm doing that again and and laughing at it but but actually then being able to perhaps really do some work on those um uh, and absolutely mm -hmm. sorry uh, I, I for a good friend of mine uh 
divorced many years ago and she said to me oh my god I stayed in that marriage too long because I felt so ashamed of having a failed marriage so mm. if we'd if she'd have said that to me we could have jumped in and gone okay let's look into where does that belief come from who taught you it, it's something to be ashamed of mm. let would you like to clear that belief and her answer would probably have been yes please yeah. <laughs> and whenever we take out a belief that's no longer serving you we always put in a really powerful positive belief mm-hmm. or a number of them so you know depending on how the conversation went we might have taken away I'm a failure, it, I'm ashamed, it's embarrassing, nobody's going to respect me, nobody will like me, I'll lose all my friends, my family, all of these things that are sort of bubbling away under the surface that often you might not have even consciously known were there, then we can change them for, it's good to have my independence, I'm strong, I love myself, it's, it's not shameful, you know, it's far better to be free and happy and independent who am i ple- you know i don't need to please anybody else anymore mm-hmm. you know these are all much more positive affirmation statements and beliefs that we can bring in to help you move forward in a much healthier easier less painful less heavy way and and that's in a way a good way to describe i guess my feelings personally around mm-hmm. the difference with counseling uh counseling does many great things and often recommend people to it but one of the things it can help you do is become aware of these you know, bring some of those to the surface but then what do you do with them so what you're talking about is you then deal with them you 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 um and that and you and you need specific particular processes and techniques to do that and that's fantastic that is fantastic and so with so from the qualifications point of view you said you're not a a, a counselor and of course you're not taking people into deep dives into trauma because you're actually managing to shift it without them having to go mm. down go there what kind yeah. of you know, if someone's watching this thinking oh i want to do what sarah does this looks, you know, it must be the most fantastic <laughs> fulfilling work and you clearly absolutely love it yes, um, what what kind of things do you have to to learn and what kind of qualifications do you have to get and, and certificates to to be able to do what you do now to do what i do uh, so i've mentioned the body and the emotion code so I'm a certified practitioner with, with both the body code and the emotion code. Um, I'm certified EFT, emotional freedom technique practitioner or tapping. You know, I think this mm-hmm. is getting well known now. It's yes. brilliant. We do tapping on the meridian points. That's mm-hmm. really good for, for, cha- for clearing stuck emotions, changing beliefs. What I said, oh, theta healing. I'd had a lot of qualifications in theta healing. Um, and then there's the more, should I say, esoteric aspect mm-hmm. of Reiki, uh, quantum touch. Um, and then mindfulness. I'm really well qualified with mindfulness, which gave me a huge insight into how the brain works how we are as human beings you know it's based on buddhist the buddhist understanding which is a really ancient and wise way of learning to be in the world i'm not a buddhist and i'm not suggesting anybody should become a buddhist (laughs) but there are aspects of it which are really powerful Mm. which were taken um so what else what haven't i mentioned 
That's and you and I guess the, the, the things put for for women your circle. Uh, yes. What made you create the circle? Um, I I'm working a lot at the moment. I love working with men. I'm very happy to work with men, but I think naturally women are more easily drawn towards having help. You know, they open up. So many of my clients are women. And a big part of my journey, and actually a big part of a lot of their journeys, is into self-empowerment, into stepping into personal sovereignty. It's, it's really coming up for us big time in the world at the moment. Things, A lot of things are shifting and changing, and women are really coming back into their power. So I've done a lot of um, learning and uh, healing work around uh, womb health, women's um in the intuition goddess work that sort of thing and i just when i first heard of sistership circles i just it was one of those lovely light bulb moments which was ah of course and i've got to go and i i must do this because it's just exactly what i need um, and it's proved to be absolutely right. <laughs> that really deep connection with women on a really non-judgmental way, in a non-judgmental way. So women have, we have generally three major wounds, what we call wounding as women. There's the sistership wound or sisterhood wound when we've been hurt by other women. There's the mother wound, which men have in equal measure. We all have mother issues on some level. Um, and then there's the, what we call the witch wound, which is going back through time and through the collective unconscious and ancestral uh, uh, inheritance around women being persecuted for their knowledge, being, you know, burned at the stake mm -hmm. for being midwives, for being herbalists, for helping to heal people. Um, so there, there are those three main wounds and those are the wounds that we really, really work on so beautifully within the sistership circle gatherings and communities. And are these uh, physical or are they online? I do do a physical one close to where I live, um, south to the south of Bristol, but I'm going to start doing them online in the new year. Exciting. Well, yes, this yeah, I know. So I actually attend because I love them. I, I attend as an attendee because I don't want to be leading a, a physical local one as well as running uh, mm. a local one. But I also attend an online circle and it is a little bit different, but actually mm. it works beautifully. We've all learned to work via Zoom mm. very, very well. Um, and can I just share with you what a beautiful thing that we do yes, yeah. just really quickly and it works online as well as in circle in physical circle. So after each woman has each sister has had her turn at sharing, we send them the beam. So I'm going to send you a beam, Susie. So instead of trying to fix you or make a comment, we just move into our heart and we beam you love and acceptance and then you sit there and you open up your hands to receive because as women 
we're not very good at receiving. No. <laughs> so that teaches us to give and share love and it teaches us yeah. to receive. And then you say thank you very much. That's yeah. so beautiful. What a lovely way to end. Thank you yeah. so much, Sarah. And I look forward to having you back on the show again in the future. I can't wait, Susie. Thank you so much. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye for now.